This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. I'd like to give special shout outs to my top tier patrons, David from Portland, Tom from Pancake Analytics, The Snorlaxian, Connor from Rock Pokemon, Mike, Night Knight, Hogan, Big No Face, and Matt from Ferraratron. I also can't forget today's episode was executive produced by Leo. Thank you so much for believing in me and backing the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to support these episodes, become a patron. I have two tiers at $3 and $5 a month. Joining the first tier gives you exclusive access to patron posts and a vintage card from my collection signed by me. The $5 tier gives you access to everything you get in the $3 tier, along with also having access to our Discord community. It gives you the opportunity to talk to other collectors, discuss market performance and news, show off your mail days, and of course, ask questions. Whether you join or not though, I still appreciate you listening. Hello everyone and welcome to the Geeked Out Collecting Show where we apply financing and investing principles to our favorite hobby collectibles like Pokemon, Fortnite, Magic the Gathering, comic books, all that stuff, you name it, we try to go through it all. And today I want to go through three lessons that I've learned from Gary, king of Pokemon. lesson I want to go through today is don't rip sealed product unless you have a reason to, um, but also don't try very hard to find a reason to. There is nothing like ripping open packs. Part of it feels like a gamble and you get this feeling of a rush, especially when you hit something big. It's awesome. It's great not just for the experience, but also because it's a great way to learn a set. So it gives you an idea of the pull rates, and then also it helps you learn the cards that are in the set. So overall, it's just really fun, right? But time and experience has taught us that there are a lot of reasons to keep a valuable product sealed. To be exact, 450,000 reasons if you own a first edition Shadowless booster box. Now granted, depending on the kind of collector you are, ripping open boxes makes sense. And that's completely okay because there is value for you in opening the boxes and enjoying the hobby. Now, if you are a long-term investor collector, that might not be the best way to go for you because if you rip open boxes you could be potentially robbing yourself of the opportunity to realize ROI in the future if and when that box appreciates in value. So if you are at a point right now where you're not sure whether you want to rip boxes or packs I would just use Gary's rule of thumb and just don't open them unless you have a really really good reason to but also don't try too hard to find a reason either. If your future self is going to regret opening those boxes, then just don't do it. I know this from my own personal experience because in 2019, I owned about 22 to 24 Fortnite Series 1 Mega Boxes. I saw them at Target every time I went. They were not moving off the shelves. No one was buying them. So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to get all these boxes. So I did and I ripped open all of them. Now, just to give you some context, these boxes at MSRP were $20. Now, the most recent sale for one of these boxes sealed, US print, mind you, was going for about $3,000. So we're looking at 
about $72,000 that I could have potentially realized in gross sales if I had decided to not open the boxes, to keep them sealed, and to potentially sell them at this time that we're at right now. Obviously, this was a huge punch in the face, really sucked, but at the end of the day, it helps me increase my pain threshold for decisions that I may or may not make and potentially regret in the future. So yeah, I missed out on probably some of the biggest ROIs I've ever seen in my life, but you know what? You either win or you learn a lesson. And that lesson taught me, just keep it sealed. Seriously, just keep it sealed. The second lesson that I've learned from Gary and also collecting in general is don't sell your collection or parts of your collection unless you need the money. Time and experience has also shown us that the longer you're able to hold a product, the more likely it will appreciate for higher value over time. Meaning if I were to have sold a first edition Charizard PSA 10 about 20 years ago, I wouldn't have gotten much money for it versus right now where we're seeing some astronomical record-breaking prices for that particular card. So essentially, the longer you hold something, the higher chance you have of it increasing in ROI over time, as long as you got it for a good market rate when you first bought it. Now, of course, the examples that show this idea to be true are honestly endless. But then I can tell you're thinking, well, if I do eventually want to sell and realize my ROI, when do I cash out? What's the best time to do that? How can I maximize my cashing out? And, you know, obviously that question is really hard to answer. And any answer that we might have for it is honestly pure speculation, which in and of itself is risky because literally all of the the cardboard that we own can drop to zero overnight. So then I guess we go back to this question. When is a good time for me to maximize my cash out? And I doubt that anyone could ever truly predict this on a consistent basis because essentially what we're talking about is we're trying to figure out where the market cap is for something. So what's the highest it will ever be over time and then selling at that time, right? But surely there has to be some kind of middle ground. So I guess to me, the question really becomes, when is a good time for me to buy where I do actually have ROI, but also I won't feel seller's remorse in the future? And I think that question is a better question because that's something that can actually have a really good answer to it. And, and my answer to it is really just selling at a profit when you need money. Now, of course, needing money in an emergency isn't an idea situation at all but of course in those situations you have to do what you have to do and unfortunately sometimes the collection has got to go but there are other situations that I can think of that are positive reasons to let go of your collection because you're moving money essentially from your collection to something else that is valuable to you so for example buying a house maybe doing renovations on an existing property or even moving money from one collectible to another for example selling your Pokemon cards to put your money into vintage cars. Who knows? The point is, is that you are making the decision when you want to at a time when you are able to reap 
profit. So if you are buying something that you want, it's really kind of hard to feel seller's remorse truly during these times because even though, let's say, you sold X item for $10,000 and if you would have waited three months, you could have gotten it for $15,000. Yeah, those things suck, but at the end of the day, if you took those ten that $10,000 and put it into something that you do cherish and that was something that you wanted to do and you feel good about it, you know, then it's kind of hard to not really feel bad because you were still able to buy some that you wanted in exchange for, you know, selling your item. So yes, you may have missed out on an opportunity where you could have reaped even more ROI, more profits, but it's really hard to complain when you put that money towards something that's important to you. So Second lesson, don't sell unless you need the money. Now, the third lesson that I'm going to go over is honestly something that I hearken probably in every single episode that I do, which is buying the things that you love. Because if you continue to buy things that you love, you will have a collection that you love and you cherish. Of course, you can balance this by buying things that you love that also have good long-term investing potential. But again, depending on why you're collecting will also dictate how many items you buy for love versus how many items you may buy for short-term gains or long-term gains. But even still, if you've bought things that you love at manageable prices that don't make you go broke, you really can't go wrong, period, every single time. So buy the things that you love that are important to you, things that you have emotional attachments to, and just bump what other people say. Because at the end of the day, you really can't go wrong when you are just buying for you. So to wrap things up, Gary has honestly taught me a lot. Of course, a lot of this is also informed in my actual experience to collecting, but he has helped me put a lot of things that I've experienced or seen into words. At the end of the day, my goal is to help spread valuable information to the community so that collectors can continue to grow their collections while also not falling to many of the pitfalls that come with collecting. It's all about enjoying the hobby and mitigating your risk. We're here to enjoy the things that we collect and support a community that supports us. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this was helpful. I appreciate you so much and take it easy.